peoples you know what time it is this is never out of bounds and this is your man el jamal we coming in at the start of the week this is tuesday and we're gonna do it right we're gonna start it off with the world on the street and uh, trump is set to meet with nato members on wednesday in brussels uh he's been trashing the eu as a late for defense spending uh currently uh the u.s spends about 3.5 of his gdp uh 
with actually less than 2% for the European uh, Union. Uh, Trump is basically also talking about reimbursement as well. Uh, not only, uh, well, basically his biggest complaint here is the U.S. Uh, provides, you know, uh, an amount of its uh, defense budget for NATO. And uh, basically the European nations aren't, uh, like I said, they aren't putting in their fair share, according to Trump and the conservatives. So, uh, all, and which is true. Uh, many European, I actually 24 out of 29, uh, NATO members, uh, their defense spending is falling to, uh, below 2%. Now, basically, NATO is a, uh, I would say a conglomerate of countries, uh, sort of like uh, the UN in itself, but something a little bit different. I want to say it was made, I want to say 1949, uh, pretty much around World War II, uh, pretty much made to kind of uh, protect the Western, the Western countries from uh, Soviet Russia. And uh, basically, like I said, 3.5 of the U.S. defense budget uh, pretty much goes into the protection of this, you know, conglomerate, like I said, uh, this also, like I said, the UN, the UN is involved. And, um, I think it's pretty much just, uh, European, uh, and American nations. Now, uh, I'm sorry. And yeah, North American nations. Now, uh, the Euro, the European Council president, Donald Tux, uh, uh, recently said, dear America, appreciate your allies because after all, you don't have many, which is which is a bold point to say. Um, but however, I get kind of because if you if you do, you know, if you go a little bit deeper, like I said, it is true. Uh, a lot of these European nations aren't paying their fair share and they're far behind on a lot of their payments. And the only three nations that actually pay two percent or more for their defense budgets are the UK, Greece and Estonia. Now, uh, the U.S. also provides the. 20%, excuse me, of NATO's overall budget. So I see where Trump's argument is, but then however, you got European officials claiming that 15%, only 15% of America's general spending happens in the EU for NATO, for NATO causes. So what that leads to tell me, which can be pretty much verified as well is the U.S. as much money as they're spending in terms of military, they're not necessarily using it. They're pretty much using it for their own personal benefit, which which they have been doing. Iraq and Afghanistan, two of the biggest examples right there in front of our faces. And uh, the biggest thing, though, is, you know, this is like I said, this is continuing into the international market uh, in terms of of the stocks and stuff like that, because, you know, we start talking about these tariffs. Now, these are taxes on imported goods. So if, you know, Europeans or, you know, actually on exported goods, excuse me, uh, the U.S. recently just uh, taxed, uh, put heavy taxes on aluminum exports from Canada and also the EU and Mexico. Now, also the, the U.S. fired back with their own tariffs on our products, such as uh, orange juice, uh, motorcycles. I also reported last, uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, that it was also affecting the soybean crop as well out here. Uh, so, you know, it's going back and forth. I, you know, I get to an extent where uh, Trump is coming from. It seems like he, you know, you know, these guys owe him money and he wants to get it back. But in all reality, I'm not feeling it because what does that mean for us, the American? Uh, again, he 
gave the tax cuts to the rich. He basically, you know, in, in, in my in my, you know, from what I know, the, the price of living probably won't change. Uh, the, you know, the affordability of all these means of, of living aren't going to be more affordable because of these tariffs or, you know, not having, you know, these issues, quote unquote, that Trump wants to tell us about. Uh, you know, sure, get whatever, I guess, whatever you feel is due to the American people, Trump, but hopefully you actually do something with it. I, I don't see, you know, what his plan for, uh, with that is in, in, in totality. Now, um, in other news, uh, more so on the state side, uh, the government has, has already been, uh, ordered by a court order, uh, by Dana, uh, Dana Sabra, uh, a federal judge, judge, excuse me, from San Diego County to, uh, they were supposed to have reunited all the 102 children under four that were, um, uh, sorry, uh, separated from their parents. However, this has not happened. Uh, all children in uh, totality uh, must be returned or be united with their parents by the 26th of this month. Now, according to the government, uh, they were supposed to, uh, they were supposed to be at least 38 children um, uh, available. Well, actually, excuse me, uh, eligible to go home today, but it looks like they're DNA tests and all, all these other, other different things that needed to quote unquote verify weren't verified. So, but however, the judge himself and also other, uh, excuse me, asylum lawyers working on behalf, on behalf of the immigrants are declaring at least 63 to 75 children were eligible to be released. Now, 27 will be ineligible because they didn't cross the border with their parents. They were uh, unoccupied, uh, sorry, unaccompanied. And their parents or their parents are either in jail, have a criminal history, including child abuse, or they had previously been deported. Now, many children will be reunited only to face another hearing. Now, and also the U.S. could also just detain parents and the older children anyways. And it has been confirmed by Lieutenant Colonel Jamie Davis that the Pentagon has been asked to make room for 20,000 unaccompanied minors and 12,000 family members. So it looks like a serious business. They're not playing with that. That immigration stuff. It sucks because, of course, you don't want to see people rip from their families. Um, again, they were supposed to send these kids back. I don't know what their, I don't know what their uh, their end game is here, but I don't like it. It seems to be very. I think it's very uh, something very negative behind that, and I think they're probably getting ready for something bigger than just that. So keep an eye out, y'all. Definitely, quote unquote, stay woke. To all y'all that's into that. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into these sports. We're going to talk about the World Cup real quick. And we definitely got some NBA news and all that on tap. So y'all stay tuned. Thank you. All right, my people, we are back. And like I said, we was going to get into this World Cup. Now, over week, over the weekend, we finished up the uh, quarterfinal round. And England was able to come out on top of Sweden 2-0. And Russia and Croatia tied. Yet they went down into penalty kicks. And Croatia was able to uh, win that game 4-3. to 
um, penalty shots. Today, that leads us to our first sem uh, semifinal matchup. France was able to get the win against Belgium, one zip. Now, overall, France took 19 shots in the game, only made a goal. However, Belgium themselves, they only took nine shots. They also got 16 fouls and three yellow cards. So a little bit of a sloppy game on that front. And uh, France wasn't able to score until the second half, uh, the 51st minute to, to be exact. And it came from a corner kick by Samuel Umtiti. And uh, he was assisted by, of course, none other than Antoine Griezmann. Uh, now, his name has popped up multiple times. I at least talked about him at least twice, uh, mentioned at least twice uh, so far. And the consummate team player, uh, always in on the assist. Always around his name is being, you know, brought up and mentioned throughout the game. So definitely, definitely a factor. So it was a good game on France's part. And this is their, this is the most uh, finals appearances since 1998 uh, for any country with three. And this has been Belgium. This was Belgium's first loss of any kind, uh, even friendly, uh, dating back to 2016. And if I'm not uh, mistaken, they lost that in a friendly competition game against uh, uh, Spain. Excuse me. And the big uh, game tomorrow will be the second semifinal. That'll be England and Croatia. We also and then uh, with those games, uh, with that game slotted to, slotted to take place, we also got the uh, third place games coming up this weekend. So keep out for those. Now, moving on to the NBA, we just got a quick little uh, some quick little tidbits here. Uh, NBA commissioner Adam Silver, Adam Silver has basically decided to stop the uh, one and done. Uh, basically, um, and when I say one and done here, this is refers to, referring to any uh, any young basketball player who decides to go to the go go through the college ranks for about a year and then eventually move on to the draft because of the, because of the uh, rule uh, that the NBA had in place that basically uh, put a put an age limit on when you can appear in the NBA draft however it looks like Adam Silver wants to stop that he's gonna start allowing 18 year olds uh, eligibility for the NBA draft so there's no need for them to uh, waste I guess waste their time in college um, Thinking about it now, I, I well, you know, I, anybody can, you know, talk for these players and say, well, maybe you should get your education or maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should get your money. It's not, you know, um, it's not necessarily my place. I think if a man comes because he's 18, so that gives him legal right to be a man um, in this country. So once he gets to be 18 and he decides he wants to make that decision. Um, I think that he has a right to, um, and I think the NBA kind of helps out with that. However, it does this it, in, in a way it kind of gives, uh, because we know who's going to be playing this sport. A lot of us brothers. So it's going to give a, a brothers, another loophole out of, out of some type of education and some type of formal education, which, you know, like I said, if you a baller, if you got to like that, do it. I wouldn't turn my back on that education though. So, um, you know, with that, like I said, it, in my opinion, it makes it a little bit easier for brothers to bypass that college. Uh, also, uh, another news we got a uh, Carmelo. He was also uh, he's been he's been reported to have visited the Rockets in the Heat. Like I told you guys uh, last week, I believe uh, OKC is looking to walk away from that. They I know uh, well they they did uh, resign him um, 
Carmelo wanted to opt back in, but it's a mutual thing. Uh, they both kind of want to uh, take a, you know, go separate ways. And uh, like I said, like I'm saying here, uh, the Rockets and the Heat are both interested. I don't know why. Uh, I'm just saying, I, now with the season I saw last year, uh, I think Carmelo has maybe a season, maybe two at best. Um, he's fallen off significantly. And if he's not really trying to either get his skills up to the point, you know, to the point in which, you know, you know, get his skills up to the level in which he's been saying that they're at or, you know, acting like they're at or he takes a reduced role. Um, there's also been some talk about him going to, uh, excuse me, the Lakers as well, uh, because a couple of these teams, the Rockets and the Heat, both have his friends on them, either D Wade or Chris Paul. The Lakers would have another friend of his, uh, LeBron. So it's very interesting, uh, kind of where he shows, uh, where he eventually decides to go. Again, I think he's near his last legs. Um, I don't want to, I don't really want to put it out there that he's overrated, but again, you know. Um, he had an opportunity to, to make a lot of things happen. And I think at one point in his career, he took, he chose to chase the money and it's, it's coming back to bite him because I don't think he really established himself as a preeminent player in the league, but that's just my opinion. And, uh, finally in some NBA news, we're going to wrap this up here. We got Jeff green. Uh, he signed a one year deal, uh, recently today, and they have been working on it since last week, I believe. Uh, but he signs a one year, two and a half million dollar deal with the Washington wizards. Now last year he averaged 10, uh, 10.8 points and 3.2 rebounds. Now he's from the Washington DC area, Prince George's County to be exact. And he also attended Georgetown from 2004, 2004 to 2007. So it's pretty much like a homecoming for him. So it should be neat. Uh, overall in his career, he's averaged, uh, 13.2 points and 4.6 rebounds. He's also played for Oklahoma City, Boston, Memphis, Orlando, and, uh, the Clippers, as well as recently playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. All right. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break, another quick break, and we'll be right back. We're gonna wrap it up with the NFL and some baseball news. We got some scores uh, to go over for baseball as well. So y'all stay tuned. Cali Hustler, get it by all means The people know whatever they need, they can call me California hustling, moving and we muscling And we don't fuck with the pigs like a muslin For the green we rushing, no not Moscow I'm talking quick, fast, in a hurry right now Can't be a victim, can't fall short I just wanna be a baller with my own ball court California hustling One minute you on top and the next you a casualty It's gonna grab a hold on you if you let it California, California hustler California hustler See I live through the fear Shed a lot of tears There's a reason why my friend died here for the hustle 
the California hustle. So get your hustle on McCallum. It's a brand new kind of thinking in your mind, and you can't go wrong, cause you're grooving all day yeah. long. I feel you, baby. California hustling. Uh, I got the soul of a saint, heart of a lion. I go hard in the paint, put some paint where it ain't. Put a wig on the pig. I won't stop till my dough stretch long as a bridge. Moving through the streets in my Lincoln Get it all night while the whole world sleeping In the fast lane where this thing for a reason Cause they handshake don't match the way they speaking Top getting closer and I'm still reaching If you looking for me I'll be hustling in my region California hustler, yeah See life has its lessons y'all When you a California hustler ah. So happy they were Take them to church Your best foot forward. I'm becoming victim of these streets. Hustle, hustle. Get it. Money make the world go round. Money make the world go round. Money make the world go round. All right, so we are back, and let's get into this NFL, and uh, this is a very interesting story, and it's dealing with a star running back from the Buffalo Bills, LaShawn McCoy. Now, there was recently a home invasion at uh, one of McCoy's homes, and this house is somewhere in the Atlanta, I believe, the Atlanta area, and his ex-girlfriend uh, her name is Delicia Cordon. Uh, she happened to be living uh, there at the time. And there was, uh, like I said, a reported a reported home invasion. Now, reports, uh, the police were reporting that her and another woman uh, sustained minor injuries. However, a friend of uh, Delicia's is accusing LaShawn of being that friend and being the being the reason why the friend is in being being the reason why his ex is in the hospital. Now, of course, LaShawn McCoy is saying he hasn't had any contact with these people for months, and that they're if she happens to be his ex, which is this is all this part of the you know the story is uh, is has concerned uh, confirmed to be true. There would be no reason for him to really be dealing with her. So, uh, like, like I said, the police have confirmed of home invasion. Uh, there were injuries sustained. Yet, there's nothing from the from the police report that are that is saying that Lashawn McCoy had anything to do with this. Uh, with the friend, the friend's allegations were all put on Twitter and I believe Instagram. Uh, she posted a picture of Miss Cordon in the in the hospital, uh, battered and bruised, and like I said. Under that, she, you know, under that caption, she uh, accused um, LaShawn McCoy of not only physical abuse of her, but also the child that they foster and their dog as well. And she also accused him of PED use as well, performance enhancing drugs, of course. Uh, she said something about uh, to the effect of seeing needles and all that. So I, I'm definitely 
going to take this verbatim, uh, not to say verbatim, excuse me. I, I don't want to say that it's not serious. Um, again, he, if I'm not mistaken, you know, he, you know, where, where we're at in terms of the football season, I think he'd be too wrapped up in what he's doing with the team right now to have the time to be uh, going over all the way to Georgia and, you know, participating in a home invasion. Now, that does not, you know, say that he uh, didn't he might not have sent anybody or he didn't have anything to do with it from an outside case because there was some uh issues with jewelry and gifts being given to this woman uh, that were, of course, were gifts of, of McCoy's. And of course, of course, you know, they broke up and over the, you know, breaking up, you're going to want those gifts back. Now, there was issues with those. Uh, now, there was, like I said, there was, uh, like I said, evidence of a home invasion. Um, I, I, there's no evidence clear to me or there's no real details available to me at the moment about any, um, uh, any property damage per se or anything stolen. Uh, like I said, just the two injuries to the, to the two women. So again, uh, where we're at in the season, at least from the physical stamp, uh, standpoint of it, from the actual carrying out of the, of the act, I don't see where LaShawn could have done that. He's I'm, he's probably, if I'm not mistaken, we're, they're probably getting closer to training camp, mini camps and all that non-voluntary workouts. So he has to be there. So, again, I, I don't see where he finds the time to go all the way to a different state and beat up on his ex-girlfriend over some jewelry. All right. Another NFL news. The NFL Players Association has filed a grievance against the league of uh, a grievance against the league referring to the new anthem policy. Now, uh, the players have not, from what they're claiming in their statement, which is true, uh, they have not been really uh, briefed on the situation. They weren't briefed on um, the the new anthem policy, and they weren't necessarily, you know, within those meetings and you know how that rule came about. They weren't involved in that, so they're talking. Uh, they're stating that as well as they do feel that they are being uh, discriminated against or not allowed to uh, express their right. Um, and this is a, you know, difficult again. This is just layers and layers, more layers from that Colin Kaepernick situation um, that still hasn't necessarily resolved itself. Uh, both sides have agreed to have private discussions on the matter. So we probably, that means we, you and I probably won't know until everything has been said and done. Now it has been said that the NFL has donated to, uh, sorry, excuse me, donated about 89 million to social efforts and getting back involved in the community. So it looks like, uh, there is dialogue again, uh, you know, players are up in arms. Uh, they want to be able to speak their mind. An elite that obviously is against that. Again, that's just the rules of the league. You know, you got a lot of people who say, well, just make your own league. Okay, well, get your money together and do that. Uh, if not, I mean, and again, you know, it's not so much that I'm against the anthem or I think it's not important, but I think we're at a point now we have all the awareness that we're going to need or that we, you know, have, you know, and uh, awareness means nothing if we're not going to actually start changing the laws and start, you know, demanding that the laws be changed. NFL is not going to change the laws because NFL doesn't make the laws. So I'm not looking for them to be my hero. Um, and that's, that's 
pretty much where I'm gonna leave for that. I'm gonna leave that leave leave that uh, story on that note for tonight. And uh, let's get into the MLB. We got some scores to get go over today. But uh, let's get over. Let's let's go over the big news, the main news. Uh, Tampa Bay is has just revealed plans for a new 900 million dollar stadium. And this new stadium, uh, which will be about 20 miles uh, from their current stadium, uh, will be in the uh, Yabor section of their of Tampa Bay. Uh, then, like I said, this is 20 miles away, and it will sit about 30, uh, 31,000 people. And this will be the smallest, you know, this will be the smallest um, arena in baseball. But it will have a translucent roof, which basically means, you know, you'll be able to see the sun through it. You can see through it. Uh, and that's basically where a lot of the budget is going to go to as for the roof. Uh, currently, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Rays have been in the MLB for about 21 years. Uh, and now uh, at this point in time, they've they have been at the bottom of the of, of the MLB's attendance, they're one of the worst offenders in terms of bad attendance. So um, I'm not too sure if this is the the brightest idea to do right away when they're not that great. Uh, but um, they're expected to have the park completed by 2023, so about a four to five year thing. Uh, and you know, hopefully, you know, they uh, turn the corner because as it's, as as of right now, as it, as it stands, they suck. So. Ain't no point in in making a, a baseball a, a new stadium for a sucky baseball team. Ask the Marlins about that. Now let's get into some of these scores. Uh, we got the Cardinals beating the, uh, the Chicago White Sox fourteen to two. The Royals beat the Twins nine to four. The Diamondbacks beat the Rockies five three. Uh, the Mariners beat the Angels eight three. The Padres beat the Dodgers uh, four to zip. The uh, excuse me, the Cubs beat the I'm sorry, the Cubs beat the Giants, excuse me, 2-0. And then uh, we got <clears throat> the Orioles uh, beating the Yankees today. Manny Machado had a, a, a good game. Uh, he had a solo home run in the fifth to tie the game. He had two home runs in total. He also had another game tying home run in the seventh. And he was walked in the ninth, um, basically uh, setting up. Uh, setting up a, a, a sorry, a game-winning two-hit RBI by Jonathan Shoup. So Manny Machado was all over the place tonight, and the Orioles were able to beat the Yankees six to five. And uh, again, the the Yankees, you know, they're not out of it. Um, they're they're still at or above five hundred, if I'm not mistaken. But they're still the uh, three and a half games back in the ALE. So taking losses like this won't help. Uh, as far as the Yankees go, uh, Brett Garner, Garner, one of their all-stars, uh, one of their former all-stars, one of their higher-profile players, he was hitless today. But Greg Bird uh, helped out with four RBIs in total. Uh, other scores we got, we got the Nationals beating the uh, Pirates 5-1. to one. Uh, the uh, Sorry, the Phillies beating the Reds 7-3. to three. And the Reds were able to rally back from, uh, I believe it was, yeah, four runs down in the ninth inning. And were able to rally and win seven games. Now, in terms of the Indians, Trevor Bauer had a great game. He started off, uh, he went for a seven-inning stretch with a shutout. And that was his first time doing that in a month. And he was able to get three t- uh, three strikeouts with about three hits. And he only threw two, two pitches. Uh, he threw a force uh, force uh, seam basket. Uh, sorry, force uh, seam fastball today, and then also, and also his curveball. Uh, but it wasn't enough. Uh, again, like I said, uh, their closer. 
uh, Adam, I'm sorry, their closer had a very difficult time today. Cody Allen, he gave up about four. Like I said, it was a he gave up seven, four runs uh, originally when he was in. And again, Francisco Lindor for the uh, Reds led the way. He had a hit in the RBI. And also Jose Ramirez had uh, a two-hit RBI. And this is what pretty much won the game for them in the seventh. And uh, that's all they needed. And then you also had uh, uh, Joey Votto. He was able to hit himself a three-run uh, three, uh, three RBI as well off the reliever, Dan Artero. So it was a, it was a bad game all around for Cleveland pitching, uh, at least their relief and their, um, their savers, their closers. Um, also you have Eugenio Suarez getting the RBI as well. So for the Reds, um, they, they caught, they caught life in this, in the final, the final inning and they were able to snatch it from the Indians. Uh, also we got the Tigers losing to the Rays five to two, the Rangers losing to the Red Sox, Eight, uh, sorry, four to eight. Uh, you also have the Brewers uh, beating the Marlins eight four, and finally um, the A's uh, lost to the Astros today for the second time in this series, five to six. Uh, the A, I'm sorry, the Astros were up also had a four four point lead, a four run lead heading into their night uh, inning as well. Uh, but the A's were able to four, uh, score four unanswered runs, and they also got a, a solo uh, home run in the eleventh uh, from uh, Stephen Piscotty to go up five to four. Now Alex Bergman had a great game for uh, at the Astros. He had two uh, home runs. Uh, this was the first time he's been able to do that in his career, and he also hit the game running a uh, single, which helped Kyle Tucker get in that game running run. Now Kyle Tucker, the left fielder, also have. Uh, had two hits and three runs and the right fielder George Springer had a good game as well with two hits and two RBIs. Uh, now Blake Trinian, uh, he's the saver. He's the closer seamless for the A's and he has an all-star, uh, he has an all-star appearance coming up, but, uh, he wasn't able to get the save. This was his first blown save in about 21 attempts. So, you know, it's just one of those days. Uh, as far as the A's go, Marcus Simeon had three hits in the RBI and also Lowry and Mark Canha uh, also had a run in the RBI. So definitely the bats were there. Uh, they came alive in the end. Uh, but uh, it looks, you know, and like I said, just again, uh, Alex Ber- Bergman with the uh, game winning single, uh, they got into a pickle. Um, the Astros did, excuse me. They have Bergman in the pickle. They missed on getting him out. And, uh, like I said, the, it was, a, it was a bad throw and it allowed Kyle Tucker to score. And it's just one of those things, you know, uh, unfortunately you play hard all game. You get a home run that gets you to go up and, uh, you know, you, you, you got the, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta win it in the bottom of that inning. And, uh, this, and that's what the A's weren't able to do again, uh, giving up the, the last, the last two runs of the game and it, and it hurts and it hurts because I think the A's are trying to get back into it. They're, they're a solid third place in the AL West. Um, and, but there are a few games back in terms of a wild card. So even, you know, even if they're, it, they end up not winning the division, they can possibly still get in. So every, every game counts and it just sucks to, to let this one go again tonight. And, and it went to 11 innings. And, but to go to 11 innings with a team that just won the World Series and take them for what they're worth, hey, we're trying to turn some corner. All right, y'all. So we're going to call it a break for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, we'll be back 
probably around the same time. But again, we gonna, you know, we're going to have the world on the street, U.S. news, world, some world news. And I think, you know what, for uh, for the time being, I think for tomorrow, I, I really wanted to uh, I went over, I watched the I watched the old school fight look earlier today uh, i watched ali fight george Foreman for the uh, for for uh not the first time it's been a, it's, i've watched it a couple times but uh today really hit me just how good he was muhammad ali i'm referring to so we're gonna talk a little bit about that about that fight in general and a little bit about his trilogy with joe frazier and we're going to talk about uh some things we might have overlooked about that legacy. So we're going to talk a little bit, of, like I said, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and just the news in general. So you know what time it is. This is Never Out of Bounds, and this is your man, El Jamal. I'm signing out for tonight, but you know what? I'll be back tomorrow. Peace out.